Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. I am so pleased to grab a minute out of the day of an extraordinary woman. Risa Simon created Leisha's End. It's a sanctuary for senior dogs and cats. And she built a house and turned it over to the dogs and cats. As she said years ago when she was on the show, she didn't have children. And this is where she was going to put her, if you will, maternal energy and money. And she's done an extraordinary job with it. At the same time, she's ending, coming to the end of a 25 major career in the Navy as a U.S. Navy captain, which to those of us outside of the Navy, we don't know, that's like a full colonel in the other services, assigned to the Office of Naval Intelligence. Think about this, guys. Her title is Deputy Senior Naval Intelligence Manager for the Near East. So we won't be talking about that. We're going to talk about these amazing animals whose lives she saved. But yet again, Risa, may I say thank you for your lifetime of service to our country and to the safety of the world. I can't even imagine what your days are like. And I imagine that sometimes giving medication to an arthritic 24-year-old cat is the antidote for what you do as your day job. That is true. And thanks. I think I'm actually blushing. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the first time you came on, I talked about the languages you speak and the countries that you've been assigned to. You're extraordinary. And you've got this humble thing of like, yeah, I'm just adding up the pets. And I think I have 10 more than I had before COVID. But oh, well, we're just going to kind of all suck in our gut and make room for everybody else. It's It's an extraordinary thing you've done. And I think one of the things that 
that I felt after the first time I learned about you and have stayed in touch with you is what a blessing and a comfort you are to people who already have thought about what will happen when I die to my pets, be they young or old. And you have you have a solution for people with small dogs and cats if they want to activate it. Can you talk about your perpetuity care? Because it's pretty unique. Well, absolutely. So we rescue uh, senior cats and dogs, small breed mainly. But as you've seen from our, our pictures, we do yes. have some exceptions to the small dog category. But um, but a lot of them are from shelters. Some of them come from private individuals who are looking for a place uh, to, to retire their pets in the event that they do not survive their pets. So this is a situation that uh, I discovered with my aunt when my aunt had cancer and she passed away in 2014. She rehomed her pets to me gradually, and then after she died, she rehomed her last Maltese to me. And I discovered that there was a niche for people who, who really didn't have a relative or a friend who would step up and assume responsibility for these pets. So one thing that Leash Zen does offer is for those who are looking outside of their family for a solution we can come up with one for them. I currently have three folks who have signed contracts or made arrangements with me to take their pets in the event that they are incapacitated or, God forbid, killed, die. Right. Um, I guess most people die of n- normal circumstances. They do, yes. In your world. Outside the military. Yeah, in your job, most uh, dramatic things happen to way too many people. Sorry to say. Yike. This is This is sadly true. But uh, so, so we have that, uh, that option. People, people do contact me. It's interesting. I mentioned I have three people in the wings. Yes. I have several pets who have come to me through this program. A lot of my pets have come to me f- from relatives of the decedent because the decedent didn't have a plan. Yes. And the relatives are not capable of taking on the responsibility of the pet. And so they come to me as the administrator of the estate usually, and say, hey, I read about your program. Can we take advantage of it? Well, one of the things that I had hoped was, and I still hope, because you've gone to great legal lengths to make a contract that's very clear for both sides of the of the table, if you will, or maybe even both sides of the grave for that matter, it would be great if, if other sanctuaries and rescues could think about this because – it gives you a little bit of money up front to kind of hold their place, if you will, and also does make people gives people a way to think about this because I don't know if I, we talked about this the last time that you were on and you had just started the perpetuity care and one of the listeners got in touch with me and got in touch with you and made arrangements for her cat, as I recall, because she knew there Maybe. was yeah she knew there was no one in her life that would want the cat or could give the cat a good, fine life. I have redone my will so many times, and having remarried, I'm like, okay, phew. If I die, then okay, Joe gets the girls. But since we do far-off travel together sometimes, what if we both go? So I've got the pet sitter who really loves them, and I've had to put together a trust because— you can't say to your pet sitter, gee, 
Um, I know you've really enjoyed getting $100 a day while I'm alive, but when I'm dead, I'm just going to give you the dogs. Good? Good with you, you know, because she likes them? Of course not. You have to give a whole bunch of money um, in some sort of a trust that maybe a lawyer takes care of. It's very complicated. And to those of you thinking, oh, I'm sure my nephew would love my, you know, two elderly shedding cats. He won't want them. So I just wish we could all think about this a little sooner and then also appreciate what Leisha's End does because you do, you know, it isn't just a niche. It's like a major lifesaver mentally, emotionally for people when they're still alive. You look at your self, you look at your dog and cat and you think nobody will ever understand all the things you need and the way you need them. Talk a little bit about the lifestyle of the the multiple animals living in your house, which are I think 30 at this oh, point. Oh, goodness. Tracy, first, I want to just say, bravo, you're on my soapbox. Please, everyone who has a pet should have a plan yes. for their pet. And that does involve uh, providing some kind of fund. It could be a trust. It could be your estate. It could be beneficiary of your life insurance policy. Talk it over with your loved ones. Talk it over with your estate planners, with your lawyers, and come up with a plan. So that if somebody, if something happens to you, those pets will be cared for. It is not automatic. And more often than not, it breaks my heart. The reason I have so many is they end up in the shelter where if they, if they manage to survive the shock of going into the system, they're often euthanized for no better reason than they're ill and they need an yes. expensive dental or and they need old. medication and nobody will adopt them. That's right. So So please have a plan. Yeah, good. I'm glad that you and I both feel this way. We do want to kind of rattle your cage, people. This isn't something that you can kick the can down the road, not when you love your animals the way you love them. You got to really understand that, yeah, you're dead. So I guess in a sense, you think, well, I'm dead. It's not going to bother me. Me, it bothers me every waking day to imagine that somebody wouldn't know the way Maisie plays with her stuffed elephant directly after breakfast and needs to go in and out the dog door four times with it. That makes her happy. So you, and you know, I probably have that written down somewhere because the poor pet sitter has seen pages and pages of these notes, which I'm sure she could live without. But you figure out things for you. You have a 16-year-old Katanda Talir who's with you, 17-year-old Terrier Mix. You have these ancient dogs who totter around and you have a beautiful fence yard and you have parties there. Other people can come and have a party at Leisha's End, right? Absolutely. So, so Leisha's End, the niche in, there are so many nuances to different rescues and different sanctuaries. Our niche is providing a home environment. So living room, bedroom, the dogs sleep in bed with me, the dogs sleep in bed with my housemates, the dogs eat in the kitchen and the dining room with us, they celebrate the holidays with us, they lounge around on their own dog beds or on the people furniture, on their cat trees, they, they have the run of the house and the run of the yard. We don't do kennels. We don't do cages. And most importantly, as a sanctuary, we don't adopt out. So at the end of their lives, they've been through such trauma. By the time they come to me, we patch them up. We give them a good life. And we don't put them through the transition from another to another yes. household again. Which is, which is really so, hard on animals. I'd like to say your housemates, resident staffers, or a trained chef who cooks homemade meals for the dogs, and a groomer who has many animals there that need grooming. 
That's the kind Absolutely. of fabulous housemates that you've figured out. And they and the common bond is we are all absolutely devoted to these animals and particularly the oldsters. They're very compassionate, and and you know old animals like old people need a little extra TLC. Yes. As you mentioned, you mentioned two of my seniors were they're all seniors, or I have one youngster eight years old who's special needs, but uh, but. But what draws them to me is they're, they're the unadoptables. They're my island of misfit toys. Yes. So the shelters contact me when they say, oh, I've got an 18-year-old Maltese. He's got a fistula. He's got a heart condition. He's got arthritis. He's got dementia. Okay. When do I pick him up? <laughs> you know, the other thing that's amazing about you is that now that you're coming to the end of 25 years in the military, and I think we've talked about together that people go into the military young so you can put in an entire lifetime and come out you're still young so you now have to figure out your next page if you will and figure out the perpetuity care for leisha's end young as you are 50 something uh, in the end there's if you want it to keep on being as successful if you will as it is you have to figure out a way to hand this over to who? How? What? What are you going to do? Well, I've got I've got a few ideas uh, for how to grow it. The idea, though, is how I I I feel like we have such a unique place going that you don't want to destroy what you have by expanding. And be, you see it all the time in industry. This used to be a great restaurant, right? And then they became Good a chain, and yeah. they've gone they've gone downhill. I, I want to be able to increase our capacity because there are so many of these animals in need and I just simply can't take them all. But I don't want to ruin the character of what we've got going, which is a home. And frankly, as a home, we can't really treat them as our, as our pets in a home if we get too far above 30. Imagine, pet lovers, imagine your house and you come home and the dog has made a bit of a mess, the cat's made a bit of a mess. Now multiply it <laughs> by 30. Yeah. And you've got my home, so we do a lot of cleaning. Um, and emotional needs. But, Everybody needs to and, know And that, emotional yeah. needs. So, so that's my challenge. There are, uh, I, I am blessed to be in the D.C., the greater D.C. area. We have no shortage of really great universities around here. And when I finish up with my Navy career, I'm going to use my my uh, GI Bill to go back to school. And wow. one, of the, one of the programs that I've noticed at a couple of our universities is a graduate certificate program in nonprofit management. So that's one oh, component that's of what I'd like to study. Uh, the, yes, the, I, I can't wait. That's <laughs> so cool. Eager. And then I need to figure out how to weave that into hopefully a customized program that deals with my other national security interests uh, to pursue my Ph.D. So that'll be. You crack me up. You already have degrees. I just want people to know this woman already has degrees. So you need some more letters after your name because this retirement. Oh, oh, Risa, Simon, this retirement is just not going to be demanding enough. My brother's university gave him an honorary doctorate. That means I have to get a real one. Yeah, you I can't do. Let him win. That's true. No, I I can't disagree with that at all, for sure. 
What did that? Why did they give it to him? What incredible things has he done? He, um, goodness gracious, that challenges me. No, he's a he's a wonderful scholar and teacher. Uh, oh, good. He's a rabbi up in Pennsylvania. No kidding. And and incredibly intellectual and just a gifted a gifted educator. Wow, that's but lovely. That's a I very different different career path. Than but yours. I can't. I can't. I can't be seen admitting anything like that, certainly not out in public. I just can't let him win this race. <laughs> okay, so you're going to get the real doctorate. But what about, is there a possibility that you can, in the way that you've made a template, if, a legal template for others to use in a perpetuity care or, or arrangement, Could is there any way that there aren't people out there who have decades left of their own lives and maybe they don't have children and are child-free like you and me and many of my friends, or their children have all grown up and have their own lives, would you like to encourage others to do what you've done, or do you think you're a one-off kind of marvelous lunatic? Well, that's funny that you mentioned that, because the, the more I ponder how do I increase capacity without compromising the character of Leisha's End, right. the more I come up with a foster, sort of a foster model. The way I do it is not by increasing the capacity in my house, but increasing ver- by multiplying versions of my house so that yes. we can franchise, if you will, leashes in so that someone might say, look, I, I think I could do five senior cats. What do I have to do? So that I could somehow create a business model where the overhead is centralized. So you, it's a great idea. So that if some if 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 a satellite house takes in five senior cats, they come to me for some sort of grant for the veterinary care, for the food, for for the, for the special needs. So that in a way that isn't that kind base. of like the military that you have the power of spending, you can buy ten thousand pallets of litter at a time. Obviously, a little more than you need right now, but you do have the power of being able to buy differently or get services differently because you have the power of many. As they say, quantity is a quality all its own. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's that would be really great. And it wouldn't have to be in your neighborhood. I mean, everything can be sent no, through it could, it should UPS. No, deliver anywhere. They will. They're very good that way. <laughs> so that would be really great. And that degree in managing nonprofit, it sort of seems a little bit like you could give that class. I mean, I'm sure the professor's good enough, I, but you have been managing a nonprofit rather brilliantly now for quite a while. And yet, you know, there's always something to learn. There's always someone who can teach you something new. Yes, so, but in this case, the fact that you want to be more of what you are would be a really good value to get out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that's sort of, that's the raison d'etre now, uh, is to save as many senior pets as we can and to put them in loving homes and make sure that they are loved at the end of their life, that they do not die alone in a cage somewhere, afraid, sick. That's not what we want. We want to return to them the love that they gave a family over the course of their lifetime. Well, that's really well put. And I think, interestingly, and and you know this because of the, the year of the Dog Film Festival when I was saluting, if you will, the senior dog rescues and sanctuaries and shelters just for senior dogs, 
There hasn't been one. You're the only one that's mixed species that I know of. And I don't know of a senior cat um, facility. But people, your average human, are very drawn to the idea of giving that extra love and time and attention to an aging animal. I don't know if it's because we never had a chance to give that to our own older people in our life, or we did and it was really satisfying, or we did and it was very unsatisfying and we'd like to do it differently or better? Or is it that people think, geez, I'm getting older. Wouldn't it be great if someone looked upon me with this kind of generosity and love? But I think there's an an eagerness on people's part to take in the elderly. And if you gave them a kind of a framework in which to do it, I, th- I think it might surprise you that more people would want to do it than you think. Well, it's true. Uh, I have a lot of volunteers who come to me out of that motivation. They, they definitely have some sort of personal experience with either senior folks or senior pets, yep. and they want to give back. Um, that having been said, very few people have come up to me and said, and I would like to foster for you, and the more the better. Yeah, but they're looking at 30 animals in a house completely given over to it. That's obviously the extreme. It would be possible to have four senior dogs or four senior cats in an ordinary-sized house without upsetting the entire apple cart. Your house is, you know, like something out of a Disney movie. I mean, there's dogs and cats, you know, looking out of every window, waving to the passerbys. I could see why somebody wouldn't feel up to taking on that quantity or that quality of quantity. But it's just, it's funny that your that your volunteers haven't said, "Hey, I could take those two over there in the corner." No one said that? No, not uh not of the pets that are currently with me. Uh but I do have a couple of fosters, I ha- including my brother with the honorary doctorate. He took one of our cats. Oh, well who done. Who was uh, a senior special need. Yeah, I... I <laughs> Good. I well done. I'm <laughs> slick that way. But I have another I have another one of my volunteers who took a, sh- a special needs Shih Tzu. I have uh, another prior resident. So the resident staffers, such as the chef and the right. groomer, as they move on, get married, move out, right. you know, move on with their li- lives. They have bonded with some pets and asked if oh, they can take nice. them as fosters. And so we've had that happen a couple times. So it's happening in little trickles, but you'd like to see a way to open up the, the floodgate a little I would bit. Like, I would like to codify it in our, our, in our, basically our rules, our, you know, our, our, business construct and like i said that's that's one aspect of of uh creating a business model that is increasing capacity without compromising our character the other side of the coin is right now i feel as though i'm a time teller not a clock builder and well, i want to build the clock so that it sur- so that it survives me yeah i right now my own estate planning will provide for Leash's End through the passing of the last pet with a proviso that says the caretakers can take in as many pets as the funds will allow so that it can continue until the last pet 
passes away. But then leashes in, folds in on itself, and donates whatever's left to other similar senior sanctuaries. To me, that that means that it's not built to survive. That's right. So I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be looking at ways to have the 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 whole rescue good survive long past me, so that I build the clock for future generations. See, this is why you should have had children. Of course, they would not have had any interest in being part of this. But in theory, right? You have kids, so they carry on the family business, whether it's a bootmaker or a senior animal sanctuary. But that's, of course, a dream. They go off and do something in the tech world. They have no interest in the thing that mom and dad did. You do need that person who's your, you know, who's going to carry the mantle because you don't want planned obsolescence. Precisely. But I think that within the rubric of growing the business side of it, I can groom a successor yes. that I've worked with who, who's not my biological offspring, but sort of a mentee, someone who wants to follow in my footsteps and say, you know what, Risa, I think I'd like living in a house. That would be so great. But I know people who would. I can't say that I would not. So I think that maybe there's other people that are leaving the military around the time you are. And they might be looking for a a mission in life, a different, entirely different kind of mission. I know you can't really put anything up on the billboard, on the, on the blackboard in the, uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, but it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to find out that right under your nose are maybe people that are very disciplined and very organized and very, uh, very might be well suited to to doing it. You'll find it. They I, would. They certainly would be. In fact, one of one of my previous resident staffers, Matthew, was a veteran, so oh, nice. he was an army army tanker and no kidding. Uh, found us. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to really, you know, send too many people to your doorstep, and yet I kind of sort of do. I feel that if we don't say that Leisha's End in Maryland is looking for a few good men or whatever the women, humans, (laughs) that that they won't know that they're wanted and needed. And, you know, that it, 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 while it's all running like a top, that it, it needs new blood and it needs a long vision or someone to, to grab the vision you have and take it out there into the future. What you're doing is amazing. Thank you for it. Thank you on behalf of all those animals who are oh, there. Thanks, and I definitely would like to be there for your graduation, as long as your brother, the rabbi, will also be there. <laughs> so I can say something right. like, oh, a real PhD. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say that to him enough. Believe oh, I me. guess he'll, you will. Hear it. I guess you will. <laughs> Risa, you're fabulous. Stay safe, please. Try and keep everybody else as safe as you can, as you have been doing all these many years. And give hugs and kisses, or just a few extra, to all your amazing residents. They're, they're remarkable, and so are you, and so are your housemates and co-caregivers and volunteers. It, it should make us all happy to know so much good is being done for such small and, and um, needy little critters. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Tracy. I appreciate the time. I hope you enjoyed the show. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. 
Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaraner Maisie will eat. The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day. 